Good afternoon to the World Wide Web. For those of you who have already become fanatic listeners to our podcast after just two episodes, we don't blame you. We took the two most exciting things in this world, working and the law, and made it into a podcast. It was always bound for success, wasn't it, Troy? Yeah, Joey, we never had a doubt. And we hope you enjoyed our last episode when we delved into the pandemic, how it slowed progress on decreasing the gender pay gap, and the importance of protecting women in the workforce. If you, if you happen to miss it, check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Captivate. And for those joining us for the first time, welcome to Legally Speaking WTF. We are a podcast that sets out to examine, question, cross-examine, and hopefully reach a verdict on many of the complex puzzles we witness in employment and healthcare law today. For those of you that hear that beautiful sound, the universally known love language of law, and fear that you have been charged with listening to yet another boring podcast, we plead not guilty. We are here to be a reputable but enjoyable source on helping you navigate the puzzling legal landscape of the workplace and healthcare. My name is Joey Ski, and I will be a key witness in today's trial by podcast as we discuss Black History Month and insensitivity in the workplace. Now it is my pleasure to call to the stand our lead counsel on these matters and the man behind the podcast name. If you haven't guessed it by now, you just aren't getting it. You're listening to the one and only Legally Speaking with Troy Foster. Welcome back, everyone. As Joy said, it's officially Black History Month. And so this week, we're going to talk about the reasons we celebrate Black history and focus on how to do it in the workplace in a way that's both sensitive and productive. Awesome. Thanks, Troy. But first, as it is officially a tradition on the podcast, now that we have done it twice, we will be starting off with the best irreverent video the internet has to offer on this topic. We have selected a clip of one of the most iconic bosses ever depicted on the screen, the one and only Michael Scott of Dunder Mifflin, to show his handling of Diversity Day in the workplace. Let's take a peek. Lots of cultures eat rice. doesn't help me. Um, Shalom. I'd like to apply for a loan. That's nice, Dwight. Okay, do me. Something stereotypical so I can get it really quick. Okay, I like your food. Uh, Outback Steakhouse. I'm Australian, mate. Pam, no. come on. I like your food. No, come on. Stir the pot. Stir the melting pot, Pam. Let's do it. Let's get ugly. Let's get real. Okay. If I have to do this, based on stereotypes that are totally untrue, that I do not agree with, you would maybe not be a very good driver. Oh, man, am I a woman? Hey. Hey. You want to go to the beach? Sure. You want to get high? No. I think you do, Mon. Stop. Okay. All right. No. All right. That's good. It, you just you need you need to push it. You know you need to go a little bit further. Ah. Uh, all right. What? Okay. Kelly, how are you? I just have the longest me hanging. Oh, welcome to my convenience store. Would you like some googie googie? Well, I have some very delicious googie googie. Only ninety nine cents plus tax. Try my googie googie. Try my googie googie. Try my googie googie. Try my. All right. 
So obviously that is a very extreme example of this kind of behavior, but before we get into it, I just want to clearly state that Troy and I are both very aware that as white men, we are far more akin to the Michael Scott type in this video than any of the other cultures, ethnicities, or races depicted within it as well. While I never intend to be insensitive, I will readily admit that the events of 2020 made me acutely aware that in the past I have been ignorant to these issues and as such have been insensitive to the struggles of others. So it is for this exact reason that we felt this topic was a perfect starting point to celebrate black history and vocalize some of the ways that we all can work to make this country and world a better place. Because while I would like to believe that the jokes within this video clip were anything but the truth of some of these interactions in the workplace, as with all of the videos we select, the reality is there is a troubling truth to, to all of them. So with that being said, let's dive in, Troy. First, let's talk about the more extreme examples of insensitivity, basically those that cross the border to intolerance or overtly racist acts, such as within this video. Throughout your career, what have you noticed about the, shall we say, average American workplace and of how well it handles diversity? So, Joey, it's interesting that you raised the, the point of the year and awareness, because I think that getting to your question, what we see now is that there is more awareness uh, of the issue, that there is a systemic problem with how we consciously and unconsciously uh, treat minorities and, and black people and other minorities in the workplace. So in my career, I've seen it really bad. I've seen there be progression where we have built on awareness and tried to remedy the issues. Uh, and then I've also seen you know a fallback to people now, it appears uh, some are not afraid to say exactly the way they feel, uh, regardless of how uncivil and intolerant it is. So I don't know whether it really was uh, is a regression or that these were these issues were just masked in the workplace. Uh, but either way, they're issues that we need to deal with uh, head on. So when you say that you saw some progress coming in, I mean, it's really no secret that insensitivity and intolerance were kind of a constant of the Trump administration's, uh, Trump administration's uh, rhetoric. Did you did having such an inflammatory leader in office, in your opinion, seeing the development in the workplace negate any of that progress? Absolutely. So we have someone who is was now the leader of the country who whether we like to admit it or not, is a figurehead, um, is an example. And the person who is an example was directly, and I don't even think he would disagree with this, but uh, directly hostile towards people with disabilities, people, Mexican folks with the wall, and African-Americans. He was very, very divisive and created that division. And and in the workplace, what that did, and I've seen it over the last three or four years, it empowered people. It told people uh, that were either ignorant or unaware, hey, we're okay expressing our opinions. We have a right to express this opinion. And that sort of inclusion is wrong. And so I think it brought, uh, it had a significant impact. 
uh, a negative one on on our workplace. So, I mean, coming, we have oh, we obviously have a new administration in office and we're coming out of that period. What is to be said about where we stand currently? With more people working from home, there is less daily interaction with diversity in the workplace with this inflammatory uh, rhetoric that we've just come off of. Do you think that this will be damaging when the workforce starts returning back to the office, hopefully following the pandemic, when people start interacting again, do you think that has anything to do with it? Yeah, I think that there's a, a downside because being apart makes it easier to be insensitive or to you know not show compassion or be caring when we're not around each other. Uh, that is just something separate and apart uh, from race and Black History Month altogether. So I think that probably compounds the problem. Uh, But it also presents an opportunity for us, I think, because we now have a time and and we have some extra time to be focused on raising awareness, um, thinking about those issues and how people around us are impacted uh, and how we are lucky or unlucky. We all have have different crosses to bear, uh, but also seeing how folks, and and we're going to get to why we're celebrating celebrating Black History Month, but why we are celebrating those that have really succeeded uh, despite all obstacles. So obviously diversity in the workplace is kind of this melting pot of many different cultures, ethnicities, races, but as it is February, it is Black History Month, and Historically, they have faced an incredibly large burden of oppression in this country. So can you tell me why Black History Month is so important and celebrating it is significant and relevant in the workplace? Yeah, so absolutely. And it's important to know that it started in you know 1917, right? The founder of it is a historian, Carter Woodson. And his focus was with the hope that we wouldn't ever need to have a Black History Month at some point in time. We'd make so much progress that calling out and celebrating uh, the success of of Black people wouldn't be necessary because it would just be so normal, right? Um, But at the time, it was, look, we have a lot of systemic prejudice and racism, and it wasn't it was clear, right? We had Jim Crow laws. We had folks that you could not uh, get a mortgage if you were African-American in certain towns. You just couldn't. You, you, As white individuals, you couldn't sell a house. You couldn't hire uh, a black person. Um, and that was the law. So the government started this. Um, and so as that was unwinding, we what Woodson thought we would do is we would recognize those people that that excelled, that in spite of all these challenges, government imposed and societal, they excelled. And we kept doing that through the civil rights movement in the 60s until President Ford made this holiday and nationally recognized holiday by President Ford in 1976. So that's kind of the backdrop. I think we celebrate it for different reasons today, but that that's the history. So, I mean, as you said, it wasn't nationally recognized until 1976 uh, by President Ford, but it has a long history of wanting to vocalize that success of the black community who had overcome these uh, 
insurmountable odds in a lot of ways. So, I mean, as it is a nationally recognized time of celebration, it is fair to say that for better or for worse, right around February, February every year, you see white people, much like myself and yourself, uh, start attempting to interact with other cultures and ethnicities in the workplace to celebrate. I mean, a few articles I've read discuss the importance of understanding that black history is not just the history of slavery. African-Americans throughout our country's history have been a fundamental part of overarching American history. And it is about the success of African-Americans throughout our country's history and celebrating the t- true depth of beauty that their culture has brought in art, literature, scientific discovery, law, etc. you name it, um, within our nation. So... It is entirely as important historically as it is culturally as, for lack of a better word, white history in our nation. So in your opinion, how does this sudden increase in awareness of the white community to this reality during February actually can cause more harm than help to healthy celebration of diversity in the workplace? Yeah, I think that's a great point. So I think two things that happen. One, when you have a a Black History Month or a a celebration like this that's defined, uh, people tend to say, well, when's White History Month? Uh, It's one of the more offensive things that I hear all the time because, as you and I both know, we have that privilege and it's white history every day. We we are are honored by or humbled by or embarrassed by uh, the fact that we don't have to face these challenges every day. Uh, But the second piece is that we're just categorizing or putting the awareness in a month. So in 28 days and, you know, every four, it's 29, every four years is 29 days. um, They have their month. That's what I hear people say. Hey, they have their month. And and then people tend to forget about it. Uh, And we have 11 more months throughout the year uh, that we really want to bring awareness and focus. And and really, I think it's great to have Black history awareness so that we can ask for the following, that in our workplace and in our society, that we have inclusion and openness and interest in every culture every day. What are some of these examples you see where, whether it was originally meant to be a nice gesture or not, um, an employee has approached you or your firm about a coworker's actions during this month actually being more insensitive than, uh, than sensitive or even tolerant? Yeah, it's a good question. I think people's hearts uh, oftentimes are great um, yeah, and in the right place and just kind of approach it in a way that's, that's less than, uh, less than sensitive, but also just not, uh, not aware. Right. Uh, so we've had quite a few, and this happens every February, unfortunately, uh, folks who will complain and say, Hey, you know what? I felt that I was targeted or that people were telling me that I did a good job. And, and that's because I was black or because of this. So that there it's kind of a backhanded compliment like, Oh, good job. And then they feel like they're tokens. Um, and so I think one mistake we make in celebration, uh, of black history month, especially in the workplace is, uh, calling out individuals. So they feel like they're tokens. Um, and instead we should be recognizing everyone or talking about, 
uh, black history globally so people can, with interest, ask questions. Um, I, because I honestly am a firm believer that in the workplace and, and in society, but we're focusing on the workplace here, if people are interested in who they work with and what their experiences are, then that's going to create understanding. And at the core, people are good. I, I don't think people want to hurt other people. They want to understand them. They want to, in order to do that, you need to kind of understand where they're coming from. And that's where I think the approach should be rather than, uh, you know, being a direct targeted approach. No, I, of course. And so along that line, what are, what are your opinions of what it even is to be a healthy, tolerant and diverse workplace from both a personal standpoint and kind of the legal standpoint? What is, what goes into fostering a healthy, diverse and inclusive workplace? Yeah. So luckily here, the law is going to follow common sense. That's not always the case, uh, but here it does. And, and really the answer is the same. Uh, when you treat everyone similarly, uh, then you're protected under the law. So uh, there's no risk generally for you to be able to say, hey, I'm being treated differently because of my skin color or my, my race. Um, but that's when you treat everyone the same. And that treatment really needs to be focused on embracing people's individual talents, their skill sets, and their stories, you know, where they come from, what makes them who they are, and not trying to change that, right? Embracing the person, their, their background, their skill set, and utilizing that as a team is the most important piece and element for success for healthy, tolerant, and a diverse workplace. Fantastic. So that kind of unity of the workforce combining all to accomplish the goals. But I mean, when it comes down to it, the workplace turns out to be a place we ultimately spend a lot of our life um, beyond the foundational benefit of workplace sensitivity and tolerance that provides for achieving equality in our nation and in our workforce. Why is it such an important issue we address for the health of our businesses, for productivity? I mean, even for things like the overarching economy, why is it so important that uh, we move forward in this place of unity uh, and acceptance of diversity for the benefit of our systems? Yeah, it's a great question because even when I talk to folks who and companies who really are just focused on the bottom line. Uh, like, well, great, you know, we're not touchy-feely. We want to know the bottom line. So kind of moving away, because I, I, I personally don't think it's touchy-feely to be uh, respectful and tolerant. But even talking to them, bottom line is, and studies are very, very clear on this, if you create diversity in the workplace and you embrace it and you tell your employees by word and deed, show them that you're trying to improve diversity that diversity creates a much more productive workforce, healthier folks that are working there, and it drives the bottom line. And I was reading a study a, a couple of weeks ago, 57% of folks in, in the employment, employment believe that their companies can do more to improve the diversity. And they want that diversity there. Uh, and, and of course, we have to figure out on the back end how to deal with it when it's there and how to embrace it. Uh, but really, when we have diversity, our workplace is much more productive, much more fruitful, and you have less employee turnover, higher morale. The cost is just is 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 really immense 
when you don't embrace diversity or have it. In that kind of tone of embracing diversity, 2020 did show us that there are very difficult conversations that need to be had moving forward between white men like ourselves and conversations amongst different cultures, ethnicities to really understand uh, kind of the darkness of the history and move on from it once and for all. Um, So we obviously aren't doing well with the status quo we have had, at least up until this point. Um, So on the employee side, what are some of your professional recommendations you have for approaching these hard conversations with your coworkers, whether it is to be proactive and prevent insensitive encounters from happening or when an incident has occurred, how do you move forward uh, to grow from it instead of continually create more divisiveness? Yeah, excellent question. So I think that the the heart of it is to listen um, and not to try to win. Whatever your point is or whatever your perspective is, understanding that you might be wrong or you might be misinformed. Uh, that other people may have a different perspective. And to listen and be genuine in asking people, hey, so tell me where you're coming from on that or explain that to me and sit there in silence and be an active listener, which really happens rarely in our society anyway, but in the workplace, to do that really empowers someone. And we could say that in Black History Month or any other month uh, and any other situation, to listen to someone's story and their perspective and do it genuinely is so powerful. And so I think that's one way. Even if you know someone's telling you you're being insensitive, instead of being defensive, ask them why. Like, tell me about that. I, I, I certainly don't mean to be insensitive. So I want to know how I can be better. Tell me how. Because that is the only way that you're going to be able to show that you truly want to understand. And and on the same note, if you feel like someone's been insensitive to you, tell them about it. And don't take your anger out of it. Try to educate them um, and encourage them to learn and have your voice heard. I think that's the first step into making change in the workplace between employees. And I mean, a great example of that is the Michael Scott video we started off with where he's telling them how to really get to the core of the diversity that is, of course, his perspective of wanting to be the right way to go about it. Um, So unlike that diversity day, are there any company-wide practices Uh, policies or individual events that you believe should be kind of a an annual event to unite the workforce or is this kind of a more day-to-day keeping the communication up like what are some uh employer standpoints that you would make recommendations for for businesses to foster this healthy and accepting workplace diverse workplace yeah, so I think two things that I think about and and first to your point I think that it should be something we carry forward beyond February and throughout the year. But I definitely think that having open discussions and a couple that I think have been really successful where it doesn't uh, put the spotlight anybody on anybody and make them feel uncomfortable is to have uh, diversity workshops or lunches where you, know, you invite in a speaker. Nowadays with the pandemic, it would have to be by Zoom, which makes it a little bit more difficult. But have someone talk about what Black History Month is about and have someone 
highlight the successes uh, and celebrate those. I think the second thing that is important is to ask those in, in the workforce what they think would be helpful and what they would welcome. Uh, because honestly, I think if we're not, and, and this goes outside of Black History Month, if we're not listening to our people, we're not going to be in a position to deliver the, the best. So, you know, getting information from them may also inform us of where they have blind spots. Some people, if you ask in the workforce, hey, so tell me what you want or what you think would be a good way to celebrate Black History Month, you'll learn from their answers. They don't understand what it is. Uh, so that's very telling. Uh, the first thing you need to do is educate them. Um, and other people may have very specific uh requests. Like maybe they want to have a book club. Maybe they want to have something where they do and celebrate, you know, uh, people of color during a different event. So there are a lot of ways through charitable, through reading, education, activities that employees can engage in. I think you have to develop multiple modes and multiple practices and ask for input and, you know, just do it kindly and gently. So you'd say that a good way to approach fostering diversity in the workplace is through a very diverse approach of methods. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I mean, as we said, this shouldn't be just a conversation that's had once during the month. It shouldn't be just a conversation that's focused on once during the month. It should be the hopeful, slow integration of a place wherein American history is everybody's history and not just what has traditionally been just your history and my history, Troy. So, I mean, is there any closing, any closing statement, if you will, uh, <laughs> that you'd like to approach on this topic? Well, I think, uh, and I, I'm just going to uh, piggyback on to what you said, which I think is, is the most important thing, which is really, I mean, we've said it before, the workplace is a microcosm of life. We spend so much of our time at work with, with people that we work with, uh, really focusing on, embracing those folks, getting to know why they are, who they are and what they're about is going to be something that we need to do every day, uh, no matter where we work. Um, but especially while we have Black History Month, uh, recognizing the need to celebrate those that are successful and why we still need to have a Black History Month. It would be great, I think, if you know the founder, the historian that we've been talking about who founded this would we would have realize his dream that there was is no need for Black History Month anymore because it's so commonplace and well understood that we wouldn't need it and and I think we should just drive to get there. Well, Troy, I appreciate it as always. It's incredible to have your insight on these topics and thank you for all the work you've done and continue to do to create more equality in the workplace and healthcare for all. It's obviously a focal point of the Foster Group and I hope to see it continue to do, uh, to see the success that you have so far. So any thoughts on uh, what we got going on for the pod next week? Yeah. And thank, thank you, Joy, for your help. Uh, it's important to, to get that perspective and uh, the practical piece too. Next week, we're going to kind of, in honor of Black History Month, we're going to, to piggyback on and talk about how we have cultural and political shifts in the country going on. How can employees in the workplace influence that? How can they affect political change or changes in the community that are real and impactful uh, without crossing any lines in the workplace? And how do employers 
deal with that when they see their employees are active and engaged, uh, but they want to make sure they don't cross that same line. Yeah, no, fantastic. I think that'll be an awesome way to kind of build on this idea of fostering and developing healthy diversity and unity in the workplace and what all you are capable of accomplishing when you do so. So thank you so much for coming on the pod. We hope all of you guys enjoyed this month. Make sure to uh, follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to hear next week's episode. Thanks again, Troy. We hope all of you guys have a wonderful week and a phenomenal Black History Month. Thanks, everybody.